Okay, so you know we're doing this series called Wonder. I'm going to do the really quick recap just to kind of help people know what this is all about. This is our Christmas series. Um, we are talking about wonder. It, it comes from the verse in Luke chapter 2 where the shepherds were telling people what the angels had told them. And the Bible says, and everyone who heard it, were f- they were filled with wonder. So that's where this series comes from. And wonder, the way that we're um, kind of approaching this is we're talking about the glory of God, right? So the glory. And in the Old Testament, that word is kavod. Everybody go ahead. Clear your throat and say kavod. And when you speak Hebrew, you have to kind of like almost phlegm has to come out a little bit to really. Like anybody speak German? Like, you know, when you speak German, you just spit everywhere when you're talking, right? That's kind of how that works. Is that, that's probably not true, but it, it seems like it. <laughs> In Greek, I just said. Um, but when you're speaking Hebrew, it's kind of like you got to throw it. It's the God of God, right? So we're talking about the glory of God. We've been talking for a couple weeks now. That first, that first week, we talked about carrying the glory, right? That it costs something to carry the glory of God. It's weighty. Right? Like, we should feel it when we carry it. We, if you remember back, that was just a couple weeks ago, we talked about the cart that um, the, David's men had seen the Philistines put the Ark of the Covenant on a cart and use that to transport it. And so David and his men were like, that's a great idea. Instead of using those, those like, poles that, oh, they're so, they hurt your shoulder, and we don't have cushions let's let's just put that on the cart and use it and we talked about how Uzzah died right he died because David did what was comfortable instead of what was commanded well that's a preach right there just that right how many times do we do what's comfortable instead of what's commanded and so there's a weightiness to carrying the glory of God and he's looking for and preparing a church that's strong enough to carry the glory. I, I don't know if you what you would say about your own life, but sometimes I don't think I'm strong enough to carry the glory of God. Right? We go through seasons where we can feel pretty weak. It's okay. It's not like it's not in our strength. It's in His strength. But like He, we have to be able to carry the glory. Like our knees not buckle and like drop. Like it matters. Right? And last week we talked about sharing the glory. We want to share, and, and you did it, right? Like you, through the big give, you shared the glory of God. Like when we, when we receive it, we want to steward that well. We want to share it with others. This morning we're going to read in Matthew chapter 2. We're going to read uh, verses 1 through 12. And we're going to talk about seeking the glory. Okay, so um, I want you to stand again. I'm going to read these verses, and then we're just going to make four observations about it. If you want to feel super, super um, smart, instead of saying wise men, you could just say magi, right? This is a story about when the magi visited Jesus. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 2. I'm going to read from the New International Version. It says this, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who's been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. What he had called, when he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. 
In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. Verse 6, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would come, God, now, and you would speak your word through my mouth. That we would hear from you, and that, like Jesus, we would only do what the Father speaks. So we want to hear you now. Speak through your word. Encourage us. Grow us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Listen, if you're a note taker and you want to write down this statement, this would be kind of your big idea today. Just write down, the wisest are always seeking. The wisest are always seeking. You probably know people that feel like they already know enough. Yes? I don't mean like know-it-all. Well, I guess they would be know-it-alls, right? But they stop learning. They stop growing. They stop seeking. They've arrived. We don't like those people. Right? I mean, we love them because we have to, right? But we don't like people who have learned it all, know it all, and tell us all about it. Right? Don't you love people who are always learning? I mean, how many of you already have started thinking about 2023? And you've already started. I turned to Wendy. I was like, this is kind of a random thing, but I think I should learn Spanish. She laughed, too. I mean, it's fun. But, like, what could, we're all about self-improvement. Like, what can we do to get better? And so just the wisest are always seeking. We have to seek the glory. And so I want to talk about four takeaways, okay? Four takeaways. Here's number one. Seeking takes time. So if you're a note taker, just write, seeking takes time. Don't get discouraged. Just going through the verses we just read, I love how it starts. After Jesus was born. This happened after the big day. I don't know how many of you um, suffer from, like, post-Christmas depression. Like, you know, that December 26th, you go, it's over. But this happened after the big day. I think Seth and I were talking last week about, like, you were saying, Thinking about, like, the shepherds going back. Like, they, they went back to, like, this, this amazing night. The whole sky lit up. And then the next night, they just went back to, like, dark, watching sheep, right? Like, like there, it was a beautiful thing. But then, like, then Jesus is still a baby. And, like, all this time had to pass. Like, seeking takes time. 
after the shepherds had gone back. Verse 16 kind of gives us a hint that probably it was around two years before the wise men, the magi, got to see Jesus. So they didn't come in and see a baby, right? They'd been searching for two years. Jay Phillips is not here, but he's the one in our church that will always tell you, if you're going to set up a nativity, you better take the wise men and put them in another room, right? They don't go next to Jesus. Um, we had somebody one time tell us that, that we should do, uh, and we should do this someday, we should have two floats in the parade, the Christmas parade. The first float would have the nativity scene, and then at the end of the parade, we'd have another float with the wise men, Right? Because they hadn't quite gotten there yet. It took them some time. I want to encourage you with that. Seeking the glory of God takes time. And isn't that where a lot of us are? Like we, and again, depending on your persuasion in church, like some people are like, you love prophetic stuff. And some people are like, ah, oh, that stuff's just so weird. But there are times when God and all of us, no matter where you are, we all have moments where you read a promise in Scripture and the Holy Spirit illuminates that to you and you're like, that's, that's for me, right? You've had those moments, I hope. So if you've had those moments, you've also had moments like the day after that when everything looks exactly the same as it did the day before you had a promise from God. And what do you do in those moments? Well, I tried. I, I went to church. I, I, even, I even read the Bible two days in a row. I gave God $5 instead of one. Nothing changed. Two years, y'all. Two years. Men sought the promise. Seeking takes time. And if you're seeking the glory of God, the weighty presence of God in your life, then it's going to take some time. Don't get discouraged because it's longer than you want it to be. Observation Number two, sorry, uno, dos. Y'all, it's not even 2023. I'm already way ahead. That was mucho bueno. Come on. I was going to say that's all the Spanish I, I know, but we hadn't even gotten to point trace yet. And tortilla. Anyway, let's keep going. Let's, I, I see. I felt it. I felt it. I felt the El Pressuro coming. <laughs> Here we go. Takeaway number two. Y'all, are y'all okay? Like, man, Paul has got it going on. Anyway, here's number two. Seeking takes focus. Seeking takes focus. Don't get distracted. Seeking takes focus. Don't get Distracted. There is absolutely nothing worse than spending time and energy going the wrong way. Man, we are seeking after things that they matter, but they don't matter as much as the glory of God. Right? Don't get distracted. How many people in here that are good with, um, like, you're, you make stuff, you you are you good with, with wood. You would know the, the statement, measure twice, cut. Yeah. At my house, it's measure once by five. <laughs> right? 
There's so much wisdom, though, in, like, staying focused. What I love about this story is, listen to what they said in verse 2 to King Herod. Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star and have come to worship him. They didn't see a star. They saw his star. Like, that answer got the king's attention because he was like, wait, wait, time out. Whose star? Let me, let me get all my smart people together. Like, go look in all the books and find out, like, whose star is this again? And they're like, the, the Messiah. Wait, wait, what? The who? The threat to me? Like, they came to worship his star. They weren't, they were pointing to, the star pointed to his presence. And I'm just a sneak peek. Next week, we're going to end this on Christmas morning. Um, by the way, come, bring your whole family, like worship with us that day. You're not more spiritual because you come to church on Christmas, and you're not less spiritual if you stay home. But, like, come, hang out with us, and let's wrap this series up. Here's what we're going to talk about next week. Declare the glory. Declare the glory. There's a message he wants to get through the church to the world. He wants us to declare the glory. He wants his star to point to his son. Oh, you're going to have to come back next week because that's not quite connected. I know I'm one, I'm one week ahead, but in Philippians, you know, you're, you know what you're told to do? You know what God commands you to do? Turn to the person next to you and say, this is for you. He commands you to shine like stars in a depraved world. He tells you to declare his glory in a wicked place. Shine like stars. We're reading a story where wise men saw his star and his star caused them to seek his son. You and I are the stars now. Some of y'all are like, I always knew I was a star. We're the stars. The question is, are we doing our job? Are we pointing people to him? Don't miss the fact that they didn't settle for the star. They came to worship him. Can you imagine driving to Charlotte and as you're on your way to Charlotte, you drive by the sign that says Charlotte is 29 miles further down and stopping there and getting out and hugging that sign. We made it. Oh, so good to be in Charlotte. Or then realizing that that sign's not Charlotte, but stopping there and staying with that sign. Substituting wherever you were going in Charlotte for that sign. That's crazy, right? Unless some of y'all have done that. Romans chapter 1. Listen, this is a heavy passage of Scripture. Romans chapter 1, starting in verse 18. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Just want to make sure, because I know this is a culture that's really struggling right now with a lot of things. Breathe, even over the word wrath. God's not a wrathful, vengeful God who's looking for an excuse to hurt people. He's a God of love and compassion who's looking for a reason to withhold wrath. That's why Jesus came. It's the whole Christmas story, y'all. But when people look at Jesus, 
and they don't acknowledge Jesus, then the wrath of God gets revealed. It's not wasn't his first choice, but it is going to happen when people don't recognize Jesus. Verse 19, since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen. How seen? Clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. Now, just hang on. I'm not going to preach this passage, but I want to make sure you get this. If I ask you right now, where's a place on the planet that you love to go, and when you get there, you just feel connected and grounded and all the words that we use there, right? Some of you would say, just, let's, just, let's just vote. How many of you would say the beach? Okay. How many would say the mountains? Okay. How many would say Albemarle? Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, all of us have places, right? How many of you are, are a lake, you're a lake person? Uh, anybody on a golf course? Oh, I'm sorry. This is the South. How many of you in a deer stand? There we go. There we go. Right? Like all of us have places, yes. And when we get to those places, it's like we, our breathing settles a little bit. Our heart rate goes down a little bit. Like stress just. That's what this verse is talking about. There are places when I go, I'm telling you, when I go to the ocean and I put my, my toes in the ocean, even if the water's super cold, I immediately feel about this big because I'm looking at all the stuff. When we went to Utah last year, like I about had a wreck everywhere we drove because there are red rocks everywhere and they're beautiful. And I'm driving like, wow, oh, oh wow. <laughs> And you feel this small, God feels this big, and then you realize a God that big loves a person this small. And then you start to, it's like Grinch's heart. Your heart starts to grow three sizes that day, right? That's how it is. That's what he's talking about. When you can look at creation and see, and listen, even people who don't love Jesus, they live out this verse. There are people who worship the moon, worship the sun, worship stars. I can't get through the day without my horoscope. They worship those things. You know why? Because they recognize there's something greater about those things. But I'm telling you, let's keep reading. Although they knew God, this is Romans chapter 1, verse 21, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile, their hearts were darkened and although they claimed to be wise they became fools now we're, we're this morning we're studying the wise men right what made them wise well I believe what made them wise was they were wise enough to recognize that the star was just a sign that pointed to the answer they they followed his star so that they could worship him what made these people in Romans chapter 1 foolish they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools. Why? Verse 23, because they exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. Y'all, sometimes I want to look at culture and I just want to say, like, no judgment attached, but seriously, you're worshiping a rock. 
mean, how many of you had a pet rock? Remember when that was a craze? All the older people not going to admit it, right? Not only did you have one, you put it on your Christmas list. I want a pet rock. What? We've lowered, we've settled for the sign. We're like hugging the Charlotte 29 miles from here sign going like, this is amazing. I don't know why I wanted Charlotte because I want the sign. That's the culture that's worshiping rocks. You have settled. Your object of worship is so small that it's all about you, and it's, it's supposed to point us beyond it. It's pointing us to a person. His name is Jesus. That's what the wise men realized when they said, like, look, i got to stay focused. I can't get distracted with the stars. And you know they studied stars. Many people say the Magi were astrologers. This is what they did. It's like a scientist who lets science become a god instead of letting science reveal God. They were true wise men because they stayed focused. So seeking takes focus. Don't get distracted. And I would just say this as we move to point trace. Distractions are almost always really good things. I mean, legitimately really good things. They're not bad. God actually, there's a verse about says that God gives us all things for our enjoyment in this life. It's just like when we get distracted when the gift he gave us. He gives us those gifts, and we get distracted with the gift, and we miss him. That's the problem. Here's the third takeaway. You're doing great, by the way. Seeking takes commitment, so don't get defeated. Seeking takes commitment. Don't get defeated. Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 and 8, Jesus is speaking at the Sermon on the Mount. He said, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. You probably already know this because you're such a smart crowd. But when Jesus said to ask and to seek and to knock, he used a Greek word and a Greek tense that means ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. If this happened to come up in your quiet times last week, maybe you read the story about the persistent widow. Jesus used that parable to teach about prayer. And he's like, suppose you've already gone to bed and a widow comes and just starts knocking. How long can we do stuff before, like, we just turn to one, just shut up. Just stop. Like, it takes commitment. No, I'm going to seek until I get them. Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me. This is an Old Testament story, right? Jacob is wrestling with, he's not sure exactly who, but somebody more powerful than he is. And, and he finally realizes it's God. And he's like, I, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. Those are the people that will seek and find the glory of God. I'm not, it's not legalism. It's passion. Come on, y'all. Think back to the day when you first fell in love. Remember when passion ruled you? When you would drive out of your way 
just to see her through a window that you, you couldn't even talk to her. You just wanted to see her. Remember that day? No? <laughs> we got problems, y'all. Houston, we have a problem. I, I mean, I, I'm, I won't tell you so. I'm just telling you, like, and I'm not the hero of the story. I'm just a guy who was crazy, madly, still crazy, madly in love with Wendy. But, like, I, I literally drove hours to see her for 10 minutes once. I just wanted to be where she was. Literally pulled up, got out, said hey to her and her grandma. It was her grandma's birthday. And then I said, I got to go back. And she was like, you're leaving? I, I left as soon as I got done speaking this morning. I got to be back to speak tonight. But I just wanted to swing over here three and a half hours out of my way and say hello. Like love will make you do crazy things. Paul said, I am compelled by the love of Christ to help people be reconciled to Christ. Y'all, that's in the Bible. Y'all know that, right? 1 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm compelled by the love of Christ. Are you compelled? Are you compelled to seek until you find? Not seek once, not seek twice, not knock a, not, not, not knock a couple times, but like just, man, keep on pounding. Like, Oh, brother, you should only have to pray one time because God can hear you the first time and he's on it. He probably is. And I'm on it too. Right? Turn this situation around. Do what you promised that you would do. Hey, I don't know how you talk to God. I, I pray like this. I didn't write the book. You did. I didn't come up with the idea for healing. You did. I didn't say the, the prodigal son. You said that. You told the prodigal son story. Oh, you're the one that wrote the last verse of the Old Testament that said you would turn the, the hearts of the children back to the parents and the parents back to the children. I didn't come up. He came up with that. I'm not, and I'm not like a jerk towards God about it. And I'm, I'm pretty humble. I'm just like, I, I didn't write it. It's your, your word. I'm trying to keep my word. You're going to keep your word. You said that it was impossible for you to lie. You wrote that. Seeking takes commitment, not I came to prayer once. I tried that for a week. And some of y'all, that's a word for you going into 2023. Right? Join the gym and then also go. And keep going. And go again. <laughs> right? Like, I've been three times. I don't have a six-pack. Takes longer than that. Apparently. Longer than I've been going to. Um, seek, listen, seek with the expectation of finding. He said that the Father gives good gifts. Th this is right after he talked about asking and seeking and knocking. He says that if you ask your Father for bread, he won't give you stone. And he says, and you're, you're earthly fathers. You're not even great fathers, and you'll at least give your kids what they ask. And then I love this phrase in verse 11 of Matthew 7. He says, how much more will your heavenly father give you the Holy Spirit if you ask? I mean, so if nothing else, I just want to shift your perspective, right? So, like, let's go into 2023 with this perspective. Let's serve a how much more God, right? How much more? 
If you then, being evil, do these things for your kids, how much more will your heavenly Father, who is good and perfect, how much more will he give you what you ask? Seeking takes commitment. Don't get defeated. And here's number four. Seeking takes courage. Don't get distressed. I almost said don't get dainty. That's a weird word. But the idea here is have some courage, y'all. Look what happened to the wise men. Verse 12, and having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Listen, seeking takes courage. There's no political agenda attached to my next statement. It's just a statement that we see coming straight out of that verse. Seeking Jesus led to the defiance of the king's order. The king gave them an order. You go find Jesus and then come back and tell me where he is so that I might go worship him, right? We know what he really wanted to do because later on he killed all the people two years and all the boys two years old and younger. He just wanted to wipe Jesus out. He was threatened by another king. I'm just saying to the church that as we seek the glory of God, it's going to require courage because there are going to be times that our search for the glory of God, our search for Jesus, is going to bring us face-to-face with orders that we might be given. They, they defied the king's order. And again, like I, I know all we can do is hear that through a political filter. I get it. I don't mean that politically. I just mean, like, who are we serving here, <laughs> right? If they were afraid of the king... They would have gone back and told him where Jesus was. And I know the story wouldn't be different because God's sovereign. He, I get all that. But they defied that order. Not only that, but they were willing to change their plan. Is the glory of God important enough to you and to me that it would change our plans? That it would, I don't know, shift the way we do a church service. Are we open to that? Don't get distressed. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 and 7. Peter wrote this, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he might lift you up in due time. Cast all, how much? All your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Distress is great pain, anxiety, or sorrow, acute physical or mental suffering. And Peter just wrote under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that that's what we're supposed to cast on to Jesus. The church has gotten a bad rap because the church doesn't talk about mental health at all, ever. Jesus cares about your mental health. He cares about your spiritual health, economic health. He cares about all of it. He cares about your physical health. He cares about it all. He cares about it so much that he wrote a verse that said, you're not supposed to care about it. You're supposed to give it to me because I care for you. So take all that anxiety, all that distress, and cast it on him so that he can care for you. I just know that in my personal life, seeking has taken a lot of courage. Many of us that gather here weekly to seek after him on Wednesday nights, do you not, do you, have you had to have courage in your life? Anybody else notice that the more you seek after the glory of God, sometimes relationships change? 
Sometimes you might make judgment calls about where you will and won't work based on how the glory of God is taking over your life. It just changes things. And I say this because I have, we, we have a church full of people that love to pursue health. It's a great thing. When you really want to make that a pursuit, doesn't it change what you eat? Don't you sometimes find yourself sitting down to a table with people that are eating lots of food that you used to love to eat? And they're like, what's wrong, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you eating? In that moment, that's when you need to have courage to be able to say to people, like, I'm not saying that it's bad that you do those things. I'm just saying that for me personally, I've, I'm seeking, some, I'm just, I want all of the glory of God in my life I can possibly have. And so for that reason, I'm going to say no to this for a season. Right? It takes courage. And that's it. Those are the four. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro. Come on. I'm learning Spanish as I preach. It's happening right now. I'm kidding. I, I knew all that stuff. All right, well, stand on your feet, amigos. Or, or is it amigos? What is Amigos, this is his. I, I always want to lead a church of hungry, passionate seekers, right? Just I want to remind you that what we're seeking is the sun. We're not seeking a set list, a preaching style, a packed house, nothing wrong with any of that stuff. We're seeking him, right? We're seeking after him, and I want to always lead a church that wants to do that. And I'm so thankful that I get to. That's who you are. It's who we are. So I want you to put your hands out in front of you. I want to pray this blessing over you. Father, I thank you for this body. And I just pray a blessing right now over the gathering. Here in the room, those that are watching online. God, I thank you for what you've been doing in us, what you've been stirring in us, like this discontent for just church as usual and the status quo. I don't want any of that. What we want, God, is we want you. We don't want to settle for the sign. I don't want to get enamored with all the things that are supposed to point me to you. And so I pray over this house that we would be marked as the wise men and women, boys and girls, Students and teachers that always seek because the wisest are always seeking. God, give us faith to see you as a how much more God. And fulfill our deepest longings because they can only be fulfilled by you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.